Santa Claus creeping on the lawn. Do, do, do. Uh, oh, excuse me. Welcome to Responding Fire, the Kickass Reverend Gaming Podcast from Ralph Idiots. I'm one of your hosts, Adam, singing a Christmas song in October. Don't And Tady, we have with us Chad. Give me your favorite song that's a holiday song that's not from Nightmare Before Christmas. Cozina. Wait, nope. That's wrong last name. Michael Ennis. Uh, big fan. <laughs> I, this is my favorite Christmas song. Is have yourself a merry little Christmas, but especially like the Coldplay version. Mm. Fancy and jazzy. Yeah. And today, well, as with us, Alex gave me a favorite song. It can be from Nightmare Before Christmas if you want to, Cozina. Mm, you know, in terms of favorite songs, it's not necessarily a song that I personally love, but I always, I've always had a bit of a fascination with "Odd Lang Syne." I don't even know if that's how it's pronounced, but. You know, in Japan, for whatever reason, that song is like very weirdly popular over there, not just as a Christmas song, but just as like a song in general. Fascinating stuff. It's so funny because I always pictured that as like a New Year's song. Like everyone at midnight 01 sings, Should all acquaintance be forgot? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know the rest of the words. Is that the song you're singing right now? Was that the song that he mentioned? I think so. Was that it, Alex? Was that the correct song? I don't think so. Real quick, real quick. This is from the Wikipedia article for Hotaru no Hikari. Uh, Hotaru no Hikari, meaning Glow of a Firefly, is a Japanese song incorporating the tune of Scottish folk song Odd Lang Syne with completely different lyrics. Um, on the very popular Japanese New Year's Eve TV show, uh, in each case, uh, Kohaku Uta Gasen, it has become tradition for all the performers to sing Hotaru no Hikari as the last song. So yeah, real big tradition over there, albeit in a bit of a different format. I will say you both answered incorrectly. The correct answer is this is Halloween, this is Halloween, Pumpkin Scream in the Dead of you Night. You said the not from Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, trick question. But <laughs> also, question. yes, that song I was singing is Old Lang Syne, if you look up the lyrics. Oh, you did say it right. Next time, so every time every time Halloween lo- rolls around, whenever we put it our, this out our this barf pole, we always have it be like a selection of four different horror-themed video games. Next year, we should have one of the games be the Devil May Cry Nightmare Before Christmas game. Are you familiar with this? No. Oh, uh, I just saw a tweet I or something so. about that recently. Mm. Yeah, basically, in like the mid 2000s, they put out a Nightmare Before Christmas game that's like a sequel to the movie that was made within the Devil May Cry engine and features very Devil May Cry adjacent gameplay. Not super well reviewed, but it's kind of had a resurgence in the recent era of people being like, man, that was a weird thing. Think it would be worth worth revisiting. I'm gonna I'll think about it real quickly. I'm gonna hit play on this 1910 version of Auld Lang Syne so the audience knows what we're talking about. Y'all <laughs> oh, can't dear. hear it, but the audience will hear it. Let me know when it's done. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play like a little titty of it so that people just like get a taste. Mm-hmm. Just a little taste of Auld Lang Syne. Uh, nope, it's not loading. So we are just go look it up on your own, y'all. <laughs> go figure it out. Uh, okay, yeah. just live figure it out. Hey, no, this is it. It's playing. Okay, here we go. You're doing it anyways. <laughs> Are we good now? What I can't hear anything, Chad. No, you can't. You can't. But I can, and the audience can. All I'm right, happy we're gonna for hit you pause guys. on that. We'll come back. I, dear me, remember to put that actually in the real podcast because this is only going to be on the Twitch version.
Play the normal men video again. Twitch.tv slash idiots. Sunday evenings at 8.30. YouTube and podcast services Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, we've got a lot of news, guys. You know how we've had no news, and now it's like, we've got four stories that are actually worth talking about. Look Hot. at that. Good. Look at Stefan Diggs, though. Look at that man. Uh, upcoming on today's show, PlayStation announces new stuff. You can punch Megan Fox's J.K. Simmons pretty soon. But first, mm. <laughs> it'll make sense at the end. It'll make sense at the end. Activision Blizzard King deal closes from Wesley Inpool at IGN.com. It finally happened. Uh, Microsoft has announced, and I just love that they just rounded up this number. Uh, Microsoft has announced its $69 billion nice. purchase of Activision Blizzard, bringing Call of Duty and more into the Xbox fold. Xbox boss Phil Spencer said work has now begun bringing Activision Blizzard games to Game Pass. This is a quote from uh, old Philly over there. Today we start the work to bring beloved Activision Blizzard and King franchises to Game Pass and other platforms. We'll share more about uh, when you can expect to play in the coming months. We know you're excited and we are too. Uh, Spencer also delivered a message to his existing players of Activision Blizzard games, suggesting multi-platform support will continue. For the millions of fans who love Activision Blizzard and King games, we want you to know that today is a good day to play. You are the heart and soul of these franchises, and we are honored to have you as part of our community. Whether you play on Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, PC, or mobile, you are welcome here and will, and will remain welcome, even if Xbox isn't where you play your favorite franchise. And just a little extra on there, just to throw it in. Bobby Kotick's final days are upon us. In an email yeah. to all Activision Blizzard employees, Kotick said Xbox uh, boss Phil Spencer had asked him to stick around as CEO to the end of the year, suggesting an exit in 2024. Uh, from uh, Bobby Kotick. Now, I have long said that I am fully committed to helping with the transition. Phil has asked me to stay on as CEO of ABK, reporting to him, and we have agreed that I will do through the end of 2023. We both look forward to working together on a smooth integration for our teams and players. That's the so, thing is... His days are numbered, but it's not ending as soon as we all wanted it to end, unfortunately. Let me tell you, I've been playing a lot of cyberpunk. A lot of corporations are bad is the main thing in that game. Let me tell you, that's not how corporations work. It's not. I don't like this man. He's <laughs> and I, gone. I know that. I know that. But, you know, I think he's also know. set to make like three hundred and ninety million dollars whenever he leaves or some shit like Ugh. that. But oh, man, smart it's man, like smart man. 20 million Subway sandwiches with extra guacamole. Wait a minute. You know they slice fresh avocado onto your sandwich now. They like cut an open op they cut an avocado open in front of you, slice it, and put it yeah. on your sammy. So, <laughs> Chad, can you do me some quick math? Three hundred ninety million divided by twenty million. What is that price? Because I feel like those sandwiches are very that's, expensive. That's just under twenty <laughs> is the total. So under twenty dollars per sandwich. No twenty. Three hundred ninety million is almost four hundred. Four hundred uh -huh. million divided by twenty million is twenty. So twenty dollars sandwiches. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's twenty. Okay, very cool. So if each subway sandwich is twenty million dollars, then you get twenty sandwiches. I, I, I realize <laughs> that that comparison. I realize that that comparison forced you guys to do a lot of math. Here's a here's a better comparison that you'll immediately understand. Okay, it's like the amount of money that you could use to buy two copies of the Moira Overwatch skin for Overwatch Two ah. that just came out. See, now you take $390 million divided by $40, right. and how many times could you buy in the skin? You can buy it just under 10 times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, no. But uh, the deal's done. Kodak has got like two months left, and he'll get his big uh, big bonus to leave, and he'll live his life. Um, but yeah, it's done. We're here. New games coming to Game Pass soon, which is what I'm most interested <sighs> in. <Chad>? Yep. <laughs> 
I feel like everything that needs to be said about this acquisition and the what ifs and the what could happen has like been said over the last 20 months since it was announced. And it's just like, I'm so happy that it's finally here so that we can just we can move on and start living our lives again. Of course, these are coming to Game Pass. Of course, they like, I guess technically, legally, they aren't allowed to like start making plans until Friday the 13th, so two days ago, about what's going to happen with these two companies. So we might not see the ramifications of it immediately. Yeah, of course, we're going to see all this shit come to Game Pass, and it should come to Game Pass. And of course, we're going to see all this shit stay multi-platform, because they like money. Uh, aside from maybe a few key franchises that are like, we need to entice people somehow to come remember the Xbox name and come over to us. But I got two things for you, Chad. Yeah. Real quick. So in thing in sports, it's called a legal tampering period. Deportes in Spanish. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, legal tampering, which obviously sounds bad because tampering is illegal, but it's a time when it's like the season's over and technically this player can't sign a new contract, but you're allowed to go look for a contract and talk about the money you're about to get. Mm -hmm. So whenever it becomes the legal time to do it, like it's like, oh, one minute in, this guy figured out his contract. Look yeah. at that. Because legal tampering happened. So that's just a funny thing that legal tampering, you know, they're like, they need to figure out when this is going to Game Pass. They already have these plans. Yeah. Um. And second, I want some appreciation for not, like, having this be a story every week, because it could have been. Yep. You know, like, during the whole thing. I think we've talked about it maybe three times. Maybe four over the 20-month period. So I would just like some credit. I'm proud of you. I'm waiting. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you. Adam. I appreciate it. I'm going to I'm gonna promote you from co-host to Ooh. super co-host. Oh, just shit. because of the Whoa. great work you've done in keeping this out of our of our news every week. So... Well, I'm, my spirits are high as Mile High Stadium, which is in Denver, Colorado. Cozy, you got anything to add? Not a thing. Okay, very cool. Uh, yep, that's cool. That's the deal's done. We're able to move on. We're going to move on to playtime, talking about playtime. Mm, I want to start with Alex. Alex, what, what's going on here? What's, what's going on the here, course. buddy? Over the course of the past few weeks, I've been playing... A little Soulsborne game by the name of Lies of P. Oh, uh, quick yeah. question. Hold on. Quick, quick, peeing, quick, 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 I have been peeing. Quick question. Do you guys call them Soulsborns <laughs> or Souls Likes? I think I call them Souls Likes. I think I'd normally say yeah. Likes. That, that's yeah. the thing is, I call them Soulsborne, but I'm acutely aware of the fact that, like, we're enough years past uh bloodborne that like it probably makes more sense to just say souls like because it made sense at the time of bloodborne to call them Soulsborne because we hadn't gotten the other from software games following uh bloodborne but now it's like yeah more, makes more sense to call them souls like uh even though this one P, is more like bloodborne than other souls games <laughs> that is true that is true and that is something we else can to call consider this born like and it'll be like the matt damon born supremacy also bloodborne so Lies of P, game that I've not yet completed, but I am on the very verge of completing. I want to wow. get it done and over with just before uh, Spider-Man and Mario come out so that I can have my slate clean for the two of those games. Let me tell you, I'm having a lot of fun with this game. Um, you know, my experience with the Soulsborne, Souls-like games have been it's been very inconsistent. Uh, I beat and platinumed both Dark Souls 1 and 2 on the PlayStation 3 back in the day. Saw those entirely to completion, played most of what they had to offer. Uh, but then I only got part of the way through Bloodborne. I actually got like 
pretty far into it. I beat Vacuous Spider Rom, which I know a lot of people regard as like a particularly difficult boss, but then I kind of dropped off. That's also uh, like a turning a point of, in the game. Like the game kind of changes yeah. at that point. Yeah. Uh, I also, of course, played a fair bit of uh, Elden Ring last year and enjoyed what I played of it. But eventually, again, I just reached a point where I was like, ah, I'm just not totally vibing with this. And so I was a little concerned that this would be a kind of repeat of it. And, you know, I, I see scuttlebutt here and there on the internet, people being like, you know, it's good, but, you know, it's not quite up to that same level of from software finesse. And uh, I've been really surprised so far by how much I've been digging it. Um, I, I know that, like, in a post-Elden uh, Ring world, the kind of much more linear uh, nature of this game might feel limiting, but I actually really appreciate it. I appreciate how kind of like structured and kind of level-based uh, this entire game is, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it to completion so I can talk a little bit more openly about it. I I'm really looking forward to actually getting to its ending because I've heard from multiple people, both people within my friends group and other just like internet personalities I've never met before that it's post credit scene is something to behold. So looking forward to seeing what that's up to, but yeah, really having fun with this game. I actually, it's one of the like first Soulsborne games I played in a while where I'm like, I'm actually really going to like commit to a specific build and a specific strategy as opposed to just being like, I'll just sort of like mess around with a little bit of everything and not have a focused idea in mind of what I want to level up. And you know what? Some great voice acting, too. Uh, I really am actually quite impressed with the quality of voice acting on display in this game, considering that I feel like, you know, typically with a lot of these Souls-like games, the voice acting can be a little bit hit or miss. So, yeah, good stuff. What did you commit to playstyle-wise for this? Uh, I committed to uh, a very high... Fuck, you'll need to help me, Chad. It's not remember. motivity... Okay. It's not advanced. I want to say it's technique. Technique. Okay. Yeah, I, I've committed to a very high uh, technique build, and I've committed to upgrading. I know that's not its name, but I've committed to the flamethrower legion arm ability. And so my strategy in a lot of the more difficult battles in this game has been to basically focus on a lot of like quick little slashes, so whittle down the enemy's health. Um, I have the ring attached that allows you to continuously dodge even if you've run out of stamina so i'll get myself out of the way and then while my stamina is recovering i'll blast the enemy with fire hopefully light them on fire so that they'll continuously take damage while i let my stamina recover and then i rinse and repeat the process that's sort of been where i've been what i've been doing with the game nice i i have been for the first time in most souls games i commit hardcore to magic and this one, I was like, you know what? I'm going to min-max strength. I'm just going to go, or motivity uh -huh. is what it, I guess it is in this one. And so, yeah, I've got like 40 points in motivity right now. And my next highest one, I think I have like 12 in vitality is my next highest. Uh, and I'm really enjoying that. But I just got the flamethrower attachment. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I guess I just got it not too long ago. So I haven't even played around with it yet. But I am like, yeah. just like... I'm so I'm so happy you're playing it and that you're liking it. And I'm just curious how long do you think you've played it so far to be almost done I with am 
no spoilers, but so you know how when you access the stargazers uh, and you're like choosing to travel between stargazers mm-hmm. at the top of the screen there are different tabs that these stargazers are divided into and so you have like one two three four five i am currently at 11 okay yeah right there so buddy. yeah cool i'm a lot further behind than i thought i was <laughs> Yeah, yeah I think you, have, a, you, you have some work to do. Yeah, I think it's like twelve total or something. It's in that low teen range. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, very cool. Uh, all right, Chad. Uh, quick question, dumb question. It doesn't matter. It only matters for the video people. Go watch it on YouTube. Uh, YouTube.com/slash at fire. So you're right now blocking the sun because you have a glare right in your face. That is correct. Isn't that the direction of your kitchen? That is correct. So why is the sun coming in from your kitchen? I'm used to that. I would assume it'd be on the other side where your couch and your TV are in the living room. That's a, that's a great question, Adam. I have two big windows. I have a window in my kitchen over mm-hmm. here to the west, facing the west coast, the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. And then I okay. have a big, giant sliding glass door over here in my living room to the east where the sun comes in in the morning and my dog likes so you to always lay got in sunlight. his little pissy pat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always got sunlight coming in from one end to the other. That sounds awful. Uh, it's poor great. planning by that it's apartment great. complex. Uh, no, no, no. Very cool. What did you play this week, Chad? What did you play? I, I see letters. Yeah, I am in a. I'm feeling. I'm feeling discouraged, Adam and Alex, because oh no, because there are so many fucking things, and I thought I had a handle on it. And then Lords of the Fallen comes out two days ago, and it's a fucking ten out of ten apparently at a lot of places. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't have enough lives to live to play all of these great games. So I, I'm, I'm changing up my strategy. I was saying like, I'm gonna play all of these games before Spider Man comes out, and then I'll play Baldur's Gate three and blah blah. So here's what I'm actually doing now. I've decided I'm gonna play. I'm gonna start get a few hours in on as many of the games that I would like to play as I can. And that will help me determine Thanksgiving break. I've got nine days off and then Christmas. I've got some time that'll help me determine what am I actually going to beat of those games? And what have I played a few hours of and say, cool, I got it. I'll move on. So I've decided to do the like, all right, let's play a few hours thing. I did that with Liza P so far. I've done that with star star Wars, Jedi survivor. Um, I'm, I plan on doing that with Plague Tale Requiem, I think. I've got to do that with Armored Core. got to do that with Lords of the Fallen. got to do that. And then Spider-Man comes out in fucking four days. Um, Baldur's Gate. Jesus, Michael Christ. I'm going to play a little bit of Starfield. I'm going to play Hi-Fi Rush. I have so many things that I have to play. Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Remastered. I'm going to play Final Fantasy VII Remastered. I'm going to play so <laughs> many things. Um, but I... I, you brought this up a few weeks ago, Adam, when you were like, how many of those games are VR games? And I was like, shit, you're fucking right. You're fucking right. I had this VR that I was so excited to get that has been sitting there for maybe six months unused. And so I was like, let me dip my toes into something. And I went into Little Hope. Oh. Dark Pictures Anthology, Little Hope. But not in the Little way Pope? you think. Because I did it inside of a game called Switchback VR. And no, if you are not familiar, this is the basically on rails roller coaster type shooting gallery experience from the creators of the Dark Pictures anthology. This is the game that's like a follow up to Rush of Blood, which was the original PSVR 
it roller is, coaster game, right? It is a spiritual successor. I don't know if I would call it a follow-up. Sure. Um, because I didn't realize what it was going to be when I got into it. I knew it was going to be Roller Coaster Shooting Gallery, obviously. But I didn't realize that it was basically going to take you through the settings and a little bit of like fighting the enemies and ghouls from all of the dark picture games. And so you start out on the tanker. I don't remember man of Medan. You start out in the, on the tanker going through the ghosts and shit like that on the, the, the tanker from man of Medan. The second part that you go through is all little hope with all the witchy shit. And then I, I, I've not started little hope, which is our barf game for the month, but I assume that I saw whatever the big baddie is from that. And some of the major baddies, in this game too and then it takes you through the the one in afghanistan from the military one uh house of ashes and then it took me through another one that i guess came out that i never paid attention to so i don't even know what it is <laughs> and then very very loosely connecting all of it is this basically you can sum up the entire story of this game in one sentence uh, you're on a subway train that wrecked and you're are you dead or not who knows <laughs> And so, yeah, you, you the game oh starts boy. out and you're just like, you're on a subway train and then lights go off, you hear a bunch of noise and then you your lights come back up and you're like trapped under this wreckage and it's all on fire and shit like that. And you see the dark pictures guy, the guy with the bowler hat and who's always in all the games. Um, I played an hour of it last night. I was like, Damn, you know what? I really enjoyed that. I might come back to it. And then I looked it up and saw it was only four hours long. And I was like, I'm going to check something off the list. I'm going to feel good about something and complete it. So today I finished it, played another like three hours and beat the game. And it is a, it is, I feel like I was the only person who liked Rush of Blood. Everyone else kind of shit on it. But I was like, That's a, it's a very good game. And this one, I was like, yes, more people should have been talking about this. It sucks that it was delayed at launch. So it like wasn't there for a couple of weeks. So nobody really... People had, I guess, put down their PSVR before this even came out. But it is a it is a very good game. Very, very scary. All sorts of spooky pop-up scares. There are... Uh, it plays with the new features of PSVR very interestingly. Um, it has things like... There's a part where you are going through... Um, you're going through this hallway. Like, it's, it's gotten you into this hallway, and your guns disappear. Occasionally, whenever, like, things are just going to happen to you now, your guns will disappear. And you're going on this rail, and there are a bunch of, like, fucked up, deformed faces stuck in the wall with hands reaching out. And yeah. then it's, like, getting more and more encroaching on you. And I'm just like, oh, God, uh. And then the, the vibrating headset, like, as the hands touch you, it goes, gzz, gzz, and, like, it feels, it is just so off-putting and disturbing. It is like so disgusting. I loved it. It was great. Uh, and in the same vein, there's also another part where you're like slowly going through this medical facility and there are bodies hanging from the ceiling and they're all mostly dead, but you're like dodging left and right, trying to go through these legs hanging down. And then one of them just like kicks you in the face and you're like, oh, fuck. And that one, you feel that in your head too. Very, very good game. Um, super fun. Arcadey. There's all like... Most of it is, is like going from not room to room, but like, I guess, yeah, I guess kind of room to room. Like you get into a room, there's usually some kind of battle to do there with really creative, interesting ways to do that in an on-rail shooter. And then you're on a roller coaster ride for a little bit, going to the next room. You got to shoot little things on the sides to get points, or you got to shoot a thing to determine which way you're going to go because there are forks in the road. So they don't tell you what's at either way. There's like little hints, like 
on the left side of the screen along the wall, there are like a little bunch of dolls. And on the right side of the screen, there are a lot of fucked up weird mannequins. And so you can like, oh, I guess if I go right, I'm going to be looking and going through a mannequin themed thing. If I go left, there's going to be a bunch of little porcelain dolls are going to fuck me up. So uh, you get to choose which way you want to go sometimes. But it's very, very interesting, very cool. And there's always a, in each level, there's always someone to save who I guess is related to the games. Or maybe they're train survivors. I don't know. Um... But you was yeah, Hayden was Hayden not there? Hayden Pence here? No. See, that's Didn't the see thing. It. See, I think Rush of Blood had a lot of Until Dawn stuff because mm, I remember yeah, yeah. the Wendigo being part of it and Rami Malik was in there. But I don't but it was not this is all dark picture stuff. Yeah, who are in the dark pictures games? Um, um Will Poulter. Will Poulter. I, I don't remember. It, it's um Sorry to kind of interrupt your train of thought. I'm trying to say that, but I can't speak <laughs> two sentences, two words by myself without issue. Chad, mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt your train of thought, but I am curious. What does the platinum in a game like this look like? I'm probably like, I, I, I will see if I ever play this game. I don't own a PlayStation VR 2, but like any an easy platinum and a hard platinum. What's it like? If you plan ahead, I think it could be a, a sub 10 hour platinum for sure. Actually, no, no matter what, it's sub 10 hours for sure. Um, okay. There's not like a play it on the hardest difficulty and get X score on it. The most that there is is save everybody in each of these levels, which is you know, five people mm-hmm. total. And they're relatively easy to do if you know what you're looking for. So you can go on a second playthrough. There is chapter select as well. So you don't have to necessarily play the whole game again. And then probably the hardest one is beat the game without dying, which normal mode is already easy enough, kind of, as long as you know what you're doing, because there are rooms where like you can shoot the wrong switch and like acid pours on you and you die. Um, But there is also an easy mode and difficulty does not affect trophies. So pretty easy platinum. I think I have like three trophies left before I've got the NS God mode. I get to go back and save somebody. Oh, there's another trophy for instead of saving everybody, you abandon them. Because usually oh. there's a way to save them, a way to kill them, and, a, and then you can just like not even do anything and just abandon them. Um, so I got to go back and do all That's of That's heartbreaking. Is it heartbreaking when you choose to abandon someone or is it like, eh, they deserve it? Well, it's there's a... It, I didn't realize what it meant for a little bit, but like the very first person... There are switches that you can hit, and you have to hit them in a certain order so that, like, all of them fill up with oil at the same time or something like that. And I was going relatively fast through this room. There was a guy trapped in a glass cage. He's like, I'm going to drown in here. And I was able to – there are two sides. I was able to get all the switches on one side but not on the other side. So that means I – the thing only filled up halfway. So I saved him from drowning, but also he didn't, like – I didn't save him. He's still trapped in that cube. Um, Mm -hmm. and then there was one with a girl in the little hope version. She was being burned at the stake and there was like, all right, there are six people around this stake. Three of them are holding torches. Three of them are holding things, keeping her on the stake. And if you shoot the right ones, if you shoot the one with the torches, she lights on fire. If you shoot the ones holding the things on the cables on the stake, she goes, or you can just drive by and not shoot any of them and you abandon her. So. But the whole time she's screaming, help me, help me. No, don't shoot that one. I was just shooting all the arms off these people to drop whatever they had. And then I was like, oh, fuck. And then I got got by some demon and then I had a chance to redo it. So. Okay. Definitely a very fun, spooky time. And honestly made me remember 
Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles, which was originally oh, yeah, the, Wii the Wii game. game. Yeah, that took you through all the Resident Evil games in a shooting gallery type style. I was like, man, I missed that game. I kind of want to return. I want all of these old games that I'm not going to be able to play in any in any way to like have some kind of shooting gallery type thing on rails that I can experience the story in a cool way, still see all the enemies, shoot some shit. Uh, I think that would be really fun. So I would I would love to the see Wii, a resurgence of that stuff. The, the Wii had like <clears throat> so many of those shooting gallery style games. There was uh, obviously the Umbrella Chronicles, but you also had the Dark Side Chronicles. You had uh, Dead Space Extraction. Yep. You had House of the Dead. And I feel like back in the day, people gave them like a hard time because it's like, oh, you're making this a shooting gallery because you're dumbing it down for the Wii's audience. And also the Wii can't handle something that's, you know, a little bit more involved. But I feel like those games might be due for a bit of a reappraisal because I remember them actually being decently reviewed back in the day. Yeah. And of course on PSVR two, everything like I was still just stunned by like how great everything looked and performed and it was tracking was excellent with the guns, being able to aim down sights, all that kind of stuff. It was excellent. Big fan. Um, so yeah, Went into Little Hope there. I haven't actually played Little Hope again, which is our barf game that you all voted on patreon.com slash respawn name fire for us to play this month. But we'll be talking about that shortly. Uh, played some more Destiny 2. Surprise. And new Super Mario Bros. U barf episode is up on our YouTube and podcast services. So go check that out. Alex takes us through the history of the whole new Super Mario Bros. franchise, which is really fascinating. I actually, I listened to that whole episode again today, just, and I was like, fuck, we made nice. good content. It's good. It's yeah, good. I, I did a lot of research into that one because I wanted it to be really worthwhile for the kind of people that are coming into an episode like this being like, me Super Mario Brothers, like, is there anything to really say about it? And I'm very much like, yes, yes, there is. There's plenty to say about it. And you can listen to the episode right now if you want to find out what that is. I will say in the secret discord, Brian was making some uh, loving comments about how long he gets before we talk about the game. <laughs> uh, but he loved it. He was like, oh, I love actually having this history. He also made some great comments on the happened. YouTube video, too. And and a couple tweets. I saw some tweets in there, yeah. too. Brian's pretty cool. He's a pretty yeah. good guy. He should come on once in a while, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're telling me. That's it. That's what <laughs> I played this week. All right. Only thing that Adam played, I did a, I played a little game. It was a spooky time game. I got a game for review. The embargo <gasps> came up last Tuesday, oh, right. so we weren't able to record. But I played a game called Harvest Island, everybody. Harvest Island. It is from developer YoBob. I believe it's a single developer, a little indie game. And the idea is, the way that it's explained... We'll talk all about this in a second. The way it's explained is it's Stardew Valley mixed with a horror game. So the idea mm -hmm. is oh, no. it's like a farming simulator game with horror elements. All right, so basically the beginning of the game is... You're a brother and his little sister are on this island with your dad. And it's uh, you got your farming things, you got the animals. And the idea is that, like, oh, you have to farm to, like, give your offerings to the gods. So it's all like, oh, yeah, like, you're basically learning, like, do the farm stuff and then offer it to the, on the altar. Cool, fun stuff. And then, of course, as the game goes, it's like, um, you know, something happens. And it's like, oh, that's this is a weird, interesting thing. And he goes in a hole in the ground. And it's like, oh, there's this weird machine down here that there's no machines on this island. I don't know where this came from. Or it's like the altar says it wants raw meat. I guess I got to go kill an animal now. That's sort of an idea. So it's like unsettling, weird, creepy vibes. But then most of it 
is a, is a farming simulator as the gameplay. And then the story is supposed to be a creepy thing. Um, uh, and I played about eight hours of it and it, I've got some negatives and some positives. I will ah, say. Sorry, hold on. Hold on. I just want to say, for the record, if I look for really squeamish and weird, have you ever gotten a muscle <laughs> spasm in, like, one of your toes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, From yeah, standing yeah, yeah. weird? I just got one of those right now. And it's like, the thing it is, is, it's not that painful. It's not as painful as, like, a muscle spasm in, like, your hamstrings or whatever, but, like, it still hurts. I hate the ones that are, like, on the inside arches of your foot. Oh, God. Yeah. Can't yeah. move at all. It's tough. Um... But yeah, no, Harvest Island, uh, right now it has a, like pretty positive reviews on it. I think it's sitting anywhere between, I've seen reviews for like sixes up to like nines. Uh, and for me, I don't know, it's somewhere in between there where, so the thing about, to me, is I played it on story difficulty. Because I was like, I like the idea of these creepy vibes or whatever. Um, like I said, I played the game for eight hours and I looked at some reviews. People played for like 12 or 13 hours and the game's really not that spooky. Like... It's like unsettling, like once in a while, like a thing will like, oh, that's a weird thing that happens. But I was just expecting more spooky because they try to sell it as mm -hmm. Stardew Valley meets horror. And I just feel like there's the horror is basically not there. Like I even asked before, I was like, hey, like I'm kind of a spooky boy. I'm, I don't like to be spooked. I'm the opposite of a spooky boy. And like, oh, it's not too bad. Maybe there's just a thing here or there, but it's way less than I was expecting. It basically ends up coming down to it's a farming sim with a cast of three characters uh, I just feel like it's, that stuff is fine, but I don't know. I mean, like, I think just like Stardew Valley is a better game, you know, if we're just, if you just want to play a farming game, I feel like there's better farming games. I wanted there to be more horror stuff. You know, there's interesting uh, mechanics, like, you know, you get blessed so you can upgrade stuff. And there is a cool story where you're finding stuff under the island and all that. But at the end of the day, it was just like, man, you guys have me doing a lot of farming stuff so I can figure out some spooky stuff once in a while. And it's not super spooky. So it's in that thing where, like, I think if you're into cozy games and you already know you like this kind of, there's this is a whole genre. People are like, oh, I like, you know, to be clear, and cozy is in C O Z Y, not K O Z I. Well, C O Z Y, because Z's not a thing. Um, but <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. Yeah, no, like, people like these kind of farming games and all this stuff. And that's cool. I was just expecting a little something different. Um, and it's just not that. But I think if you're into that genre and if you just want a tinge of spooky, Sure, check it out. But I was just hoping for a little bit more, uh, and it doesn't seem like it gives that to you. But the other stuff there is fine, but just not really what I was uh, interested in playing when it comes to a, a game built as a spooky game. So is that a uh, review for Harvest PC? Island. PC only. PC only. Yep. Okay. Um, yep. So Harvest Island from Yo Bob Studios. Check it out if any of that sounds interesting to you. I'd say it's all right, but again, know what it is. It's mostly farming stuff, a little bit of spooky. And that's all that I played really this week. Just trying to get ready for that review. Um, and that's it. I think that's it for playtime. We're ready to move on to the stuff where we talk about the rest of the stuff. Oh, boy. Here we go, everyone. PS5 slimmed up from Wesley Inpool at IGN. That is not a semicolon. Sony has confirmed uh, the heavily rumored PS5 slim, which is due out this holiday season. By the way, I just mentioned a semicolon. It's the only thing that I can see. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like right here? Yep, yep. Instead of an L, there's a semicolon? Yep. Anyways. Uh, anyway, Sony confirmed rumored PS5 Slim, which is due out holiday of the season, or this holiday season. The smaller PS5 design comes with a one terabyte uh, storage for the PS5 and PS5 Digital, up from the 825 gigabytes in the original version of the console, and the new model provides the options to add an Ultra HD Blu-ray disk drive to the digital edition. 
The new PS5 model will be available starting November in the U.S. at select local retailers and direct.playstation.com. Once inventory of the current PS5 model is sold out, the new PS5 will be the only model available. So be very aware because there's things coming in a second. Uh, it's worth noting. It's n worth noting the digital uh, model has gone up in price with the introduction of the slim version. The original digital version cost three ninety nine, whereas the slimmer PS five digital edition will cost four forty nine. Uh, a horizontal stand is included with the new model. Um, wait, a horizontal stand is included. A vertical stand is sold separately for twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, and if you buy the PS five digital edition, you want to add the HD disk drive later. It will cost seventy nine ninety nine. Uh, and a reassuring nod to gamer storage needs, Sony has officially confirmed that its uh, slim console will maintain its expandable storage capabilities, ensuring players will have the same options to add extra storage to their console if they desire. So they made it official. Here he is. Pricing, I think, is the only real thing of contention people have been talking about. But uh, it's confirmed. There we go. This is, this, this is one of those magical moments where... Without having heard anyone else's opinion, I remember remarking to someone, man, this really looks like if someone tried to sneak into a movie theater with someone else under their coat for like the <laughs> disc version of the console. And then I looked on Twitter and listened to kind of funny games daily and literally everybody else had the exact same thing. Like it's, oh, it's Seto Kaiba, but he's trying to sneak Mokuba Kaiba into the movie theater. Yeah, it, yeah it, it's, the, uh, the disc version ahead, does yeah. not look good it looks like it's got a freaking tumor on the side of it uh even more so than the original one did but I, I mean whatever it's whatever it is i guess it is good that it has a attachable detachable disk drive on it for those folks who want to get the digital upgrade maybe to a disk drive later if they decide they want to but i kind of i kind of wish they went the there is one skew now it is digital and then if you want there is an external, maybe like plug into USB-C type disk drive if you want. Because I feel like that would be so much easier on retailers. That would be so much easier on Sony to not have to put out two SKUs. And then it would just be like, and maybe that disk drive could then be backwards compatible with people who currently have a digital PS5. Whereas I don't know if this one is. And so that's, yeah. I feel like they missed an yeah, opportunity with, there. You're right. That might have been a good idea. I do feel like this is definitely... Because we, we had the Xbox leaks and how many S's they had sold, you know, all around. And I wonder how well the digital PlayStation 5 has sold. I feel like probably enough for them want to... Again, people have been talking about it. I wouldn't be shocked if PS6 was like, it's digital and you can buy an extra disk drive if you want. Like that just being the model from launch. Yeah. Because they want to go digital. Because I feel like that's obviously where things are headed. The way it looks, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. It's skinnier. It's got the lines on it. Kaba got a haircut. <laughs> um, the price is the only thing for me. It's like, it's 50 more dollars for, I know there's like a little bit more space, but like, let's be honest, that's not really right. It's 825 enough, gigs like. versus a terabyte is the new one. And it's like, yeah, storage, yeah. storage is the way that people justify huge price increase. Like they, when you buy the higher storage versions of phones and stuff like that, like that's where the companies make the most, um, mm -hmm. Profit, so like I'm sure it did not cost extra fifty bucks to give you 175 gigabytes of storage. Absolutely, it did not. So them just raising the base price and then be like, oh, when the old one is gone, it's gone. Yeah, that's a little. Them selling it for eighty dollars separate, I'm like, that's fine. Of course they're gonna upsell you. They're like, either pay for five hundred an hour, do the cheaper version, and change your mind and give us more money later. That's not out of the, you know, that's very normal. 
I feel like business practice. I just don't, you know, you're raising it by 50 bucks, huh? But I guess they were raising it in other territories anyway, so I guess this makes sense to just be the new price going forward. Yeah. Outside of that, it's like, cool, but that would suck to be like, well, a month ago you could have bought it for 400 but now you got to give me 50 extra bucks. But outside of that, I think your real estate is fine, and all digital is the way to go anyways. I wish I could take my launch PS5 and take off the disk drive, and then they give me $100 for it. That would be right? wonderful. See, I feel I like a lot of people, I, I feel like when I read about initial sales and pre-orders, I think I, I feel like I read that they were producing 90% physical and 10% digital just because they expected most people to want the physical version. And so I feel like a lot of people are in your situation where they they have a physical version because that's all they could get their hands on maybe. That's the only thing time. I had. If, if I had the option, mm. I would have saved a hundred bucks because I don't use it. Yeah. But I just didn't have the option. I was like, I got if I want one, I gotta do it. So And then again, you you know, you brought the Xbox thing where like according to that report at the time, seventy five percent of Xbox consoles were S's, were digital only. And it was like interesting that PlayStation made a call to go the opposite route. We're like, we're going to mass produce physical versions instead. Wondering if they turned around since then, though. Not do this now because it will take up a lot of time. But at some point in the future, let's have an episode in which we go over our physical game collection from like the PlayStation 4 onward. Because although the digital future is nearly upon us, I still do collect some playstation 4 and playstation 5 games on disc and like it is such i I was actually like going through my catalog the other day just so i could keep like an internal list to know what i have and it is like such a weird eclectic collection of games like oh yeah i have god of war ragnarok because god of war is a series i really care about i want to have a physical keepsake like that but then i also am like wait why do i have dragon age inquisition a game that i never even played (laughs) I'll, that I'll do mine right 30 now. Seconds. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mine, <laughs> I had had. Okay. I no longer even have these. I had on disc Farpoint VR because it came with the Sharpshooter VR attachment. Oh yeah. And then I had Anthem because it was like ninety nine cents one Black Friday, mm, and we decided to mm-hmm. try Anthem. Um, and that was it. Now they're gone. <laughs> okay. Well, this will have to similar. be. This will have to be a segment from Cozy at some oh, point. It'll be. In the a, it'll be a thing for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Not yeah, a thing for sure. For me. Uh, all right. Another more PlayStation Five news. If you weren't hyped enough for a slimmer, sexier model sneaking Kaiba's little brother into the movie theater, <laughs> cloud streaming for PS Five games. Taylor Lyles at IGN.com. Sony is leveling up its perks for PlayStation Plus Premium members as it launches cloud streaming for the PS Five this month. The service will also allow premium members or premium subscribers to stream games available in the Game Trials catalog and stream digital PS Five titles premium owners own. In their own game library, such as Resident Evil 4, Dead Island 2. I don't know why they pointed those out, but if you own it, apparently you can stream it. Uh, the blog post notes that players will have uh, four resolution options to choose from, 720p, 1080p, 1440p, and 4K resolution with 60 frames per second, uh, and SDR or HDR output. However, it's also revealed that you need a minimum internet speed of 38 uh, megabytes uh, or more if you want to stream these games at the highest resolution, obviously, because you're more assets that makes sense below are the launch dates the company is targeting to launch the service japan october 17th europe october 23rd and north america october 30th so was when did they announce this i feel like it's like two or three days ago i mean did they initially announce that they were going to do this because this kind of feels like i don't remember them ever talking about like oh you can just cloud stream everything and it's weird with the PlayStation Portal coming out not being able to do that. That's the thing. But I it's think coming this is, out uh, after this happens. So they've they've streamed PlayStation 3 games ever since 
PS Now, obviously, because that's the only way they could figure out how to do that. Uh, to this day, you still can't download PS3 games. And then they started doing that with most PS4 games as well that are part of the game collection and PS Now and all that kind of stuff. And then they announced a year, maybe two years ago, I feel like it was, yeah, maybe two years ago, a, cl a partnership with Microsoft where Sony would be using Microsoft servers to bolster their cloud offerings. And uh, and then finally we saw the, the results of that. I feel like a, maybe a month ago I got an email saying, sign up for the PlayStation 5 beta to do cloud streaming. And I was like, eh, no. And... <laughs> But that's that's where it is right now. It's interesting to, to note that it is like 4K 60 with HDR. That's impressive, given, of course, 38 megabits per second download speeds. But I feel like that's pretty common in most places that would be using this. It is, um, I, it is a stepping stone, though. I don't feel like this itself right now is the selling point. It's, again, only for PlayStation Premium members. Limited to only your PS5. So you can only stream it to your PS5. You can't stream it on the mm. go like Game Pass Ultimate on your phone you cannot stream it again to the playstation portal you cannot stream it on a ps4 like you could you know game pass you could stream stuff on an xbox one or something like that so i i think this is them just testing the waters in a controlled environment similar like game pass did with cloud streaming where like it was just on xbox at first and then you could stream it on your phone but only halo and then after that it finally everything came to it so it's getting there question is premium the top one or is that extra? Yeah, I always premium forget. is the one that now costs $4,000 a year. <laughs> $4, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. It's the one that previously only, the only differentiator for it was you get a couple of PS1 games you don't care PS1 about. PS1 games? Yeah, and yeah, PSP yeah, games you don't care about. But now they've added, oh, you now get, as of last week, like 100 PlayStation uh, movies and Sony movies you can stream. Mm -hmm. And also now this, I guess, so... I completely forgot to bring this up during playtime, but I also, within the span of the last week, platinumed Sea of Stars. And the moment that I platinumed that game, I unsubscribed from Extra, as that was <laughs> the thing that I was using to play Sea of Stars with. Very good. Very, yes, I I am currently on premium just because I have the only way to buy it was to prepay everything in advance for the rest of my subscription. So I'm subscribed through June of next year. But I have already canceled it and say, when June comes, unsubscribe me from all of it, please. And then I'll resub to the basic tier. Very cool. Well, yeah, you can use it if you want, Chad. Buy Spider-Man 2 next week, but then stream it in less quality <laughs> just for fun. This I mean, again, I think it's leading to something else, like you said. Yeah. I just, I don't know what this means right now. Right, right now, it's, it's, cool. it's a good, cool thing. If, the, the only time I ever use PlayStation Cloud Streaming right now, like for PS4 games and stuff like that, is those PlayStation Stars challenges yeah. where they're like, play this game, play Street Fighter 4 for one match or play that. And I was like, cool, I'm going to stream that so I don't have to worry about downloading it. So that's that's how I do it. But that's it. Yeah, same here. I would play it on my portal, uh, though, when my portal gets here in exactly one month from today. Oh, but it's not go. compatible with portal, so... Well, also little bone to pick with PlayStation. My portal is coming on November fifteenth. It is hey. compatible only with PlayStation Link buds and PlayStation Link headset, which currently don't no. have a release date. That's right. I don't oh. know when those are coming, unless I want to do wired headphones. Be the fifteenth. 
It has to be the fifteenth, right? It has. It makes to no be. sense if but it's like not. But like those pre-orders aren't live. They just like Sony Endzone just did new earbuds last week. They released them, and I accidentally pre-ordered those, and then I realized they weren't the ones that I needed, and then I un-pre-ordered those. I was like, "Come on, we're four weeks out. <sighs> Get some wires out, you fucking heathen." Gross. That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, all right, last story for the day: Omni Man coming to Mortal Kombat One. Jordan Midler at VGC. When I mentioned J.K. Simmons killing Megan Fox, because mm, Megan okay. Fox is in this video game, and now J.K. Simmons is comes around. NetherRealm has shown off its first look at Omni Man, a DLC character coming to Mortal Kombat One. Uh, Omni Man is voiced by J.K. Simmons. The character is launching in November 2023 as part of the Mortal Kombat Combat Pack. Players with the premium edition of Mortal Kombat 1 receive this pack for free. The trailer is a brutal look at Omni-Man and... Act <laughs> What's so funny, Chad? Mortal Kombat Combat Pack sounds so dumb. Yeah, it's a lot. It reminds me it's of a lot. Daniel it's Tosh thing where it's like, I'm going to make a restaurant called Thank You For Calling, How May I Help You? That way when people answer the phone, they say, Thank You For Calling, Thank You For Calling, How May I Help You? How May I Help You? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does say Mortal Kombat Combat Pack. It has all Ks as well. Uh, the trailer uh, is a brutal look at Omni-Man in action. It shows that many of his moves were pulled straight from the Prime Video Series. During the reveal at Skybound's 20th anniversary panel at New York City Comic-Con, Robert Kirkman and Ed Boon shared, uh, shared that every moment of Omni-Man and Mortal Kombat 1 is inspired by a piece of the show. And if you've seen the trailer, it's legitimately like him punching his son on the ground, him putting him through the train, like all that cool shit yeah. from the show is like the moves that he has in the game. So, and if you've very, seen very the, cool the opening coming. episode of invincible on amazon prime you know that it's just non-stop finishers ripping people to pieces and ripping the skin off of them and breaking their bones and happen and it's it is glorious shit for an animated literally thing. perfect yep i think <laughs> i think mortal kombat is probably pretty perfect with their all the characters because him oh yeah and now you're what people are watching gen v and remember homelander's still coming and he's gonna be the same ridiculous crazy shit so yep very exciting this um, is all yeah. very cool, cool. Uh, i will say whenever someone says omni man i immediately think of one the omni wrench from ratchet and clank and two omni mon which is the digimon from the first <laughs> digimon movie that's combined by war graymon and metal gururumon i don't know how metal i remember that but i got there metal gururumon. yeah i remember those guys Oh yeah, uh, very fun, very fun. And I think Megan Fox is in the game. She's the the vampire lady. She's got wings. Uh, that's all of the stuff for the day. All of the stories. Sorry, I'm pasting an image I... so that I can do this <laughs> and show us Omnimon. Is it Omnimon? <laughs> that is Omnimon. That is him. Yeah. That is him. Cool um, guy. Really I've, cool guy. I have this. I've been so distracted this whole episode just thinking about mm -hmm. the fact that you asked Alex, "What is your favorite Christmas song?" <laughs> and he said the New Year's Eve song, and then he didn't even remember the first lyric from it that I sang. And he's like, oh, "I don't, I don't know." It's like I feel like I was getting, and I, I was getting lied. And to. I said he could did use that Nightmare Before Christmas, and he didn't buy it. Didn't even want yep. it. Yep, crazy. All this Christmas talk has reminded me in the Digimon anime in like the oh, second season <laughs> of the anime, they actually like there was like a whole arc where like they were fighting off Digimon during Christmas. That show was weird because like typically a lot of these like, you know, shonen inspired shows like don't really reference like a lot of real world holidays or events. But there's like a specific timeline that that show takes place on. That's like pretty interesting. I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> when I went back and watched it, uh, very cheap. They use the same animations over and over, but it's also kids' animation. Yep. Um, 
there's a completely different animation style when they're in the real world and when they're in the Digimon world. Just interesting. I didn't pick up as a kid. Yeah. Pretty interesting, interesting thing. Yeah. That movie, the, the movie that uh, Omnimon appears in, it was directed by, fuck, I forget his name, but he's the same guy that did the Boy and the Beast animated movie and Summer Wars, which Summer Wars is basically a remake of the Digimon movie that Omnimon appears in. Like it was him being like, I really loved this Digimon movie that I made, but I kind of hate the fact that it was tied to this IP. So what if I just remade it, but like, you know, not connected to it at all. They're called Digimon. Digimon. <laughs> uh, remember the one, the cactus that punched? Anyways, Chad, yeah. what time is oh, it? Oh, yeah. Segment from Adam. It's a segment from Adam. Oh, I like that. A segment <laughs> from Adam. The segment from Adam. And for the record, the name of the, the Japanese director I was thinking of. From Adam, the segment from Adam. <laughs> That's it. That's all I remember. Uh, the Memorial segment Soda. from Adam. The segment from Adam. That's the full song. Like I said, it was Mamoru Hosoda. He also did One Piece, uh, Baron uh, Omatsuri in the Secret Island, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, Wolf Children, Mirai, and most recently, Belle. Agumon. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of them. That's one of them. Uh, so today, oh God, maybe a year ago, uh-huh. I think it was. So basically in the news recently, they were like, hey, Gamer Fuel Mountain Dew flavor is coming back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You remember the Mountain Dew flavor from like the Halo 3 launch, Halo 4, like... It was citrus cherry, and it's a very good flavor, but it was only around for whenever those games launched, and it hasn't been around for 10 years. They're bringing it back this November. So, that reminded me, whenever we did a segment, when it was like the best video game tie-in food products, and we ranked them, and we had a tournament, and we finished it out, all brought together because Jeff Keighley had a picture of him with a bunch of citrus cherry Halo 3 Mountain Dew. Right, right, This time... In fact, I'll scroll so that the audience can see that picture. There he is. Yeah. There he is, looking so serious. Young man Jeff Keighley. Uh, it's very good. What I'm doing this time is I have... I'm going to throw you guys eight products. These are products, not food products, but things that are related to video games that are also as as amazingly stupid as, like, what was it like? There was, like, ketchup chips that were, like, Sonic or something. Ah, it, was, there was, it was crazy last time. Huh. I'm gonna throw you guys some crazy stuff, and you're gonna we're gonna rank it against each other, and we'll figure it out. So I'm Great. gonna send pictures to Chad. I will explain what they are as well, uh, but I'm sending pictures in chat so people watching the video version you can see what we're talking about, and we're gonna rank them against each other and figure out what is the best video game tie-in physical product that's actually an awful thing that is gonna give you nightmares. So first up, you know him, you love him. It's the Sonic latex mask <laughs> from the the original version of Sonic from uh-huh. the trailer of the movie, when the weird-looking gross Where Sonic. Where are the teeth? I need the teeth. The teeth, Sonic. So, that awful, awful latex mask from that creepy, strange thing that should never have happened. Up against some cologne, some things that make you smell good, from Resident Evil. Some little T-virus mm, cologne. little T-virus cologne. Okay. What do you guys think is better? What's more fun? What do you think moves on in this tournament? Definitely T-Virus Cologne, because there's so many like yeah. mysteries around, like, what does that do to you? Does it make you a zombie? Does it 
I'm interested. Yeah, and it, what does it smell like? And as Chad alluded to, the Sonic mask is not as appealing as it could be because the teeth aren't there. Like yeah. I feel like it's not even a good mask to wear, ironically, because again, the teeth aren't a factor in it. Okay, all right, quick and concise, but you guys have come to come to agreement. So uh, T virus cologne is moving on. Next up. <laughs> <laughs> we have this amazing, very you know reasonably priced product, um, a Call of Duty Black Ops Jeep. <laughs> it's thirty five thousand dollars in two thousand eleven. Um, we're gonna do that versus. Mm, this is a fun one. He likes to chomp stuff up. How about he chomps up your coin? It's a Pac Man coin bank. Does it actually? It has sound. I see. It says money box mm -hmm. with sound. Does it have any kind of animation or motion? I. Don't know. All I know is that it's a picture of Pac-Man in each points. Yeah, I, I got to go with the car. Yeah, same. I mean, we are in a world where I literally, if I have change, I throw it on the ground because I don't want that shit. So I'm not going to get a whole bank to take up more room in my house for change. So, But I do need a car to get around. Okay, fair enough. All right. Cars moving on over the Pac-Man bank. Next up. This is going to be a tough one. I think Cozy's going to want to fight for it. We have, and I believe, I don't know if this was, you know how sometimes when games used to come out, they'd be like, they'd send the reviewers weird shit to go along with it. Remember like Saints Row sent like an actual like dildo, dildo baseball bat, bat to right? people yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So this one, I don't know if it's a real product or if it was one of those things, but oh, it's processing. No more heroes. Toilet paper. It's a toilet paper roll. Oh, okay. It's got some okay. Japanese writing on it and it says no more heroes wrapped around it. I don't know if there's more context. <laughs> I, I actually, in fact, I can provide a little bit of context. Go for it real in quick. the No More Heroes games, the way that you save in that game is you go into a restroom and they do a fun little animation thing where just as Travis takes off his pants to reveal his junk, toilet paper appears across the screen. And then on top of the toilet paper, it says, do you want to save the game or not? Mm, okay. Understandable. Very cool. That or... Angry Birds bra, <laughs> red Angry Bird on the on the right tit, oh. uh, yeah, a green pig on the left tit. Hundred percent Angry Birds bra. <laughs> mm. A honk a mm. little green piggy. <laughs> See, I have. There's nothing I can do with the Angry Birds bra. No, nobody will accept this even as a gift. Now, I'd much rather have the toilet paper. Ooh. Okay. You First of all, you to know agreement. that toilet paper is not two-ply quilted northern or Charmin ultra soft you know that is like gas station bathroom dissolves on your hand and you wipe yourself with your own hand single ply yeah. is that what you're thinking chad it just it dissolves you know that's the case whereas angry birds bra <laughs> first of all you do have a use for it bras as i've learned from many cartoons and kids movies can be used as slingshots just Slingshot, like in the yeah. show in the game angry birds so you can put two water balloons in these things and shoot your neighbors. You know what? You're not going to, you're never going to go for the toilet paper. So you know what? I'll go with the bra on that point. Good. Because if you would have pushed back at all, I'd have been like, you know what? We can toilet paper people's houses for Halloween. <laughs> and I would have immediately given up. But yeah. now we're going with the bra. Oh, all right. So we've got only one more matchup to do. Okay. I'm going to send this one first. You guys might remember it. But. It is, what is this man's name? Viva Pinata uh, Pinata? It's the Viva Pinata dude. His name is Henry Horstachio. Okay. It's a physical Pinata, I'm assuming from the video game, Viva Pinata. Uh, but yeah, they made a real version of that, the main man. Also, that game had a 
television show, like a cartoon when we were a kid. Really strange. So now we only have one thing left. And there's obvious things. Xbox mini fridge, you know. Um, the plushies and shit like that. But I want to do this one since it's our last one. Because I want to get crazy. So it's Viva Pinata, real life pinata versus Garrus body pillow. Oh, I don't even yeah. need to explain what it is. Everyone knows what a Garrus body pillow is. Yeah, it's a body pillow with Garrus on it, laying seductively. Yep. <laughs> what do you guys think? Uh, this one? See what I like about the Viva Pinata pinata is it's like one of those rare instances where like the thing from the game you didn't even need to do any translation you literally just took the thing from the game and made it real life um hmm the problem with the garris body pill is like by not voting for it i don't want to come across as me kink shaming anyone like, if you want a Garrus body pillow, by all means, like, more power to you. But yeah, my vote goes for the pinata. Jay, what are you thinking? I The pinata, to me, looks like it could also be the generic dollar store knockoff version of it called, like, <laughs> Hamry pinata instead of Henry or something like that. But then Garrus pillow, obviously, that's that's, like, my better choice, but we already have the bra. So we already have, like, two, you know, body part related things mm -hmm. in the sexual sexy manners so like i don't think we need two of those and alex gave me the bra so i feel like i'll i'll take hamry the pinata okay hell Here yeah <laughs> henry pinata so next matchup we have t-virus cologne versus a jeep <laughs> from call of duty <laughs> what's better for you you can scroll up a little bit they're right next to each other Jim. yeah i did yeah yeah what are you guys thinking it seems foolish nowadays to have a Jeep Wrangler, especially from that time, with such poor gas mileage. Whereas, like, T-Virus Cologne, you could smell like rotting flesh, and <laughs> that could be amazing. Uh, I really want a car, but uh, yeah, let's go with the Cologne. Okay. Let's scroll down to our next meetup and look, they have to be next to each other. <laughs> the bra versus the pinata. <laughs> Our, it's our compromise versus the other person's compromise. <laughs> what do you think? What's inside the pinata? Canonically in the games, what's inside of these animals? Is it like guts or is it candy? It's candy. They want to be used at parties, which was always, I thought, very is strange. Is it good candy or is it like Smarties? No, it's like the good Mexican candy, like the like the lime with the pepper or the chili pepper on it. You know what I'm talking about? Or like no, like that. watermelon. They're really good. Pineapple? They're really good candies. It's good candy. It's not shit. Good candy? Okay. But you know what's inside a bra? Always something good. Boobies or water balloons. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> or bags of I'm sand. I'm still... Honestly, I'm still in the pocket of the pinata. I, I think that we got to... Again, we got to respect them for just taking something in the game and doing you know needing to do very little translation work to get it into real life i i'll go with pinata because the candy does sound good and more yes. practical mm -hmm. it also looks like it is i mean angry birds bra looks 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 i mean both of them look like they weren't created but to be 
by the people <laughs> who yeah. own the IP. They look I'll be very honest. The article said that they don't know if that Angry Birds uh, bra is actually an official product, but yeah, it was this too looks good like to pass a, up. like an Etsy thing. <laughs> yeah, thank you so. Yeah, All right, we'll go so, for candy. Then the ultimate showdown, T-Virus Cologne versus uh, Henry Herstachio Pinata. What's the best product based on a video game that is a stupid product that you can really buy? I mean, just the professionality of the T-Virus cologne makes me want to choose it first. It does, this looks like a lot of thought went into this, a lot of R&D, a lot of like focus group testing, that kind of stuff. Whereas the pinata does look like, again, a dollar store knockoff version of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, were the focus group testers, you know, there willingly or not? We don't know, but the end result focus speaks for itself. testers. Yeah. T-Virus. Oh, there we go. Air quotes balloons. Uh, balloons there yeah. you go all right i go i'm with you that t-virus clone looks like really legit and professional and i also believe in that first paul ws anderson movie isn't it like a beauty cream is the t-virus and then it turns people into zombies they're like we didn't know oh our beauty God. cream would kill people i don't know it's been like 25 I have years seen, since i saw it bad movie i have seen none of the resident evil movies i will say i did like the trailer for it was either like the fourth or the fifth one where it starts out like a rom-com it's like she didn't have her life together at all. And then like halfway through the trailer, it's like, oh my God, there are zombies everywhere. And it's like your mind got wiped and you think that you're living in like a sitcom or something. It was yeah, weird, was, but I, I like the trailer. That's like three or four. That you, you know, he made 10 of those movies. That man got to make yeah. 10 Resident Evil movies. Yes, he did. Jesus Christ. Anyways, Resident Evil wins. So I don't, I don't remember what the winner from last time is, but Jeff Keighley, be proud of us. Here we are. <laughs> We've decided a winner. That's my segment. That brings us to Game on Game Show. The Game on Game Show called... Fuck, I fucked that up. Wow. Whoa. It's like I've only oh, done that no. like twice that I've ever fucked that up. In a row. Chad. Yeah. How could you? It's your, you're up, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Game on Game Show. The Game on Game Game. I think I got that correct. Uh, we are here with another installment of TMI with NPD for the year of 2004. This is, of course, our bi-weekly recurring segment on the podcast uh, in which I ask the two of you to guess the top 10 best-selling games uh, of whatever year we are currently talking about. Uh, with each particular game, I will give you each a series of clues of increasing specificity, increasing specificity i'm talking too fast need to slow down a little bit uh and at any point during my reading out of the clues you have two chances to give your guess of what you think it is before we start tonight's tmi with mpd segment we got two new rules Ooh. two new rules that i am implementing in here coming in hot rule number one because last time around, when we did the year 2003, the two of you constantly guessed Madden for <laughs> almost every single entry on that list, I'm instituting a new rule, which is that if you guess Madden, you use up both of your guesses for that round. Ooh, okay. So if I, if I start reading out and I'm like, it's a sports game, and you immediately say Madden, and it's not Madden, you're out for that round. Okay. Number two... Because you tend to suck at this game, Chad, <laughs> I'm introducing the Chad lock. Once during the entirety of the game, Chad, you can announce that you're using the Chad lock after I've read out the second clue for a prompt. After doing so, at any point while reading out the rest of the clues, you 
have the right to exclusively guess once what you think the game is. All the while, Adam must remain silent. Uh, and if you get it wrong, Chad, then Adam can chime in with what he thinks it is. So just uh, as an example, I'll be reading off, I'll be like, uh, clue number one, this is a Nintendo game. Clue number two, this is a game in which you can sail the seas. After I read out the second clue, then you can announce Chadlock, and then either you can say right away what it is, or you can let me say additional clues, and you get it right, you get a point all to yourself, you get it wrong, Adam can weigh in. Cool. Sounds okay. good? Okay, that's good. Very good. All right, here we go. Number 10. The number 10 best-selling game of the year 2004 per the NPD group, is a sequel to a game on the previous year's top 10 list. One of its main supporting characters is Polly Wheels of Fury Ryan, a foul-mouthed kid who wears a body cast and drives a high-powered wheelchair. Its single-player component's plot is concerned with an event called the World Destruction Tour. And it was developed by the Activision-owned studio. Thug 2? That is incorrect. Okay. Uh, that is correct. So you got that right for the second guess. It is Tony Hawk's Underground, Underground 2. 2. Oh. What did well, you call Thug it? Thug 2 is... Oh, thug. It's thug two. Tony Hawk Underground. I thought you thug. said bug two. <laughs> bugs like, two. I didn't know, I know bugs we... one was on last week's last time's list. I know that we just got started with the TMI with NPD segment, but I will say, I was reading through the Wikipedia entry of this game's plot ahead of this episode, and I just want to read you the final paragraph from the plot, because it is bonkers. <laughs> uh, Team Hawk, uh, though reduced to two members, performs well enough to win. Uh, confident on his victory, Bam decides to blow up Skatopia. In order to save people from the imminent damage, Tony evacuates the skaters. Bam dares a player who is still stuck uh, in the back end of Skatopia to exit the flaming park in a combo, which he considers impossible. The player takes the dare and secures the World Destruction Tour win for Team Hawk. Uh, Nigel wants Bam Margera to give him the tape of the tour, which shows Phil on the toilet shouting to his wife for more toilet paper. The tour <laughs> ends with Bam Margera and Tony Hawk humiliating Nigel once more as Bam pulls down his pants on international tv this was art okay is, is underground the only ones in the series with a story because i never played those and i don't remember a story in tony hawk games they i mean they do have story yeah. i don't remember if the other ones do but these thug one and two definitely yeah. had like a career story mode you went through yeah, yeah all right number nine the number nine best-selling game of the year 2004 per the NPD group is a sports game it's about a sport that hasn't seen significant representation on prior year's top 10 lists. Its title shares something in common with a movie franchise that stars a monkey. And it involves running back and forth between objects that you would otherwise eat dinner on. I will go ahead and I will read the clues again. Uh, the number nine best-selling game of the year 2004 per the NPD group is a sports game. It's about a sport that hasn't seen significant representation on prior year's top 10 lists. Its title shares something in common with a movie franchise about a monkey, and it involves running back and forth between objects that you would otherwise eat dinner on. 
MLB The Show 05? That is incorrect. Fuck Chad, you want to take a guess? I'm, I'm trying to think of like, what sports game has Dunstan checks in in the title? <laughs> or Mighty <laughs> Joe Young? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find that, that connection, because I know it's a baseball game, but it's just like, what is it? I'm giving you guys five more seconds. If I can get part of it, what does that get me? I will give you... I'll give you 0.5 points. But again, only if you get part of it. I, I don't know what sport... But does it have most valuable primate MVP in the title? Oh, MVP 05. MVP uh, Baseball 05. In fact, uh, that is actually incorrect, uh, Adam. Oh, Chad, okay. I will give you half points on that. It's actually MVP Baseball 04. I, I was actually pretty surprised okay. myself, but for hmm. whatever reason, they went with 04 instead of 05. Uh, and yeah, there that we go. Number eight. Hell. Who does that? Who made that game? Uh, who made that game? Were Let's they? See. That wasn't the 2K version, was it? I don't remember who made those. EA, uh, maybe? Yeah, it's another EA game okay. uh, EA. developed by EA Canada. Mm -hmm. All right. Number eight. The number eight best-selling game of the year 2004 for the NPD group is another sports game. Surprise. It's part of a franchise that we've seen more than a few times before. Uh, the sport, it is... NBA Live sport. 05. That is correct. Good yeah, job, Chad. Just a yeah, guess. Baby. When does Live switch back to 2K? I don't know the whole lineage. Don't worry about it. Damn it. <laughs> Maybe they're both All around right. at the same time, Chad. Oh, butthole sex. Here we go. <laughs> Number seven. Uh, the number seven best-selling game of the year 2004, per the NPD group, is a shooter. It is a licensed game that was not created to tie into a movie. Its cover features an individual from a faction of characters that at the time of this game's release were all portrayed by... Tamura Morrison. Star Wars Battlefront. That is correct. The original. Mm -hmm. Number six. On PSP. The <laughs> number six best-selling game of the year 2004 per the NPD group is yet another sports game. It's from a franchise that has appeared on and off on these lists before. FIFA 05. In terms of that is incorrect. NCAA 05. That is correct. What did you say? NCAA Hold 05. On. NCAA? What is What? I said NCAA. You heard me. Oh, NCAA. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, and that puts Adam at three points and Chad at 1.5 points. All right, here we go. Number five. The number five best-selling game of the year 2004 per the NPD group is another licensed game. It's a game narrated... By Bruce Campbell. It is a game that 2. has. That is correct. Dodge. Spider Man 2. What did you say, Chad? I said Chadlock, but it was too late. Oh, you had already yeah, said your thing. Sorry. Yeah, too late. You, you can still use your Chadlock for another one. Okay. I won't count that one as used. The number four best selling game of the year 2004 per the NPD group is another sequel 
to a game on the previous year's list. It's a game developed by the British Columbia-based EA Black Box. It was the first entry in its series to take place in an open-world setting, and it's the eighth installment in a popular series of racing games. Hmm. The number four best-selling game of the year 2004 Need per for the NPD Speed for Speed Underground. That is both incorrect. Need for Speed Underground too. That is correct. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Just gotta throw that. I didn't even know they made a second on one of those. A Need for yeah, Speed yeah. Underground. I played that as well. Did we have five points? Like, Need for Speed Underground was last time, right? We um, had two undergrounds on this game, by the way. Just a heads up. Oh. Yeah. Adam now has five PUBG, points. Baby. Chad has one point five points. Here we go, number three. Uh, the number three best-selling game of the year 2004 per the NPD group, if you can believe it, is another sports game. Surprise. The- I hate this game. <laughs> Paul, used in this sport, was originally made using the tanned skin of a pig in the Madden 1800s. 05? That is correct. Wait, All what? the way to what? number four. Was it huh? Three or four? That was four. Oh, wasn't it one last year? Yeah. That's why I'm shocked wow. it was all the way here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. Number two. Uh, the number two best-selling game of the year 2004, per the NPD group, is a sequel to a game that previously never appeared in any of the prior top ten lists. Hmm. It's a game in which the character that you complete its final level as is not the character you begin the game as. Halo 2? It features... That is correct. Chad, points on the board. Ooh. Boom, Shaka Khan. Okay, so that's all right. Chad, three you still points, have your lock. Three and a half points. So if he gets to, if, if he gets to two questions, you might as well lock it up. Yeah, and then I can just shout this Madden in NFL again. Because it came well, out twice this I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it ranked twice. All right, here we go. Number one. The number one best-selling game of the year 2004 per the NPD group is the fifth mainline entry in a still popular series. San Andreas. That is correct. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Chad Lock. Chad Lock. (laughs) Yes, Chad, go ahead. What do you think it is? I think it's Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Uh, I suppose that is also correct. I'll give you the additional .5 points. So, Adam, you finished the game with seven points, and Chad, you have a total of three. Dope. Uh, some other highlights from the uh, 11 to 20 spots. Uh, you have Need for Speed Underground, the original, still hanging in there. Uh, mm-hmm. You have, uh, as far as I can tell, the first Call of Duty game to appear in any of these lists. You have uh, Call of Duty Finest Hour at the number 13th spot. I wonder if it will ever rise to the top 10. We will certainly find out. Call of Duty uh, Finest Hour? Like, not even a numbered game? Is that the very first Call of Duty game? I think it was the first console one. Yeah. Because there's Call of Duty 1 on PC, and then they made a console version, which was Finest Hour. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Uh, You have The Sims 2. You have uh, Fable, the original Fable. Hmm. And I'm going to, again, this is no points, uh, but there are three separate movie tie-in games to kids' movies on this list. Do either of you want to take a stab at what they could be? I mean, a Harry Potter game, probably. That is incorrect. There's oh, no Harry Potter. Hmm. Kids movies in 2004, huh? 
what was popular. <laughs> Any clues? They are animated movies. They're all animated movies. All animated movies, huh? So no live action. Well, actually, there is a little bit of live action in one of them, but it's a weird Sponge edge Bob case. With David Hasselhoff? That is one of them. <laughs> oh. One, one of them is the video game adaptation of the SpongeBob movie. Uh, the other two are entirely based on animated movies. Uh, hey, um, these guesses don't matter. Over the Hedge isn't on that list, is it? No. Oh, For is there a Shrek the game on there? There is oh, that's the guess, video yeah. game adaptation of Shrek 2. Okay. Final one. <sighs> Um, I'm trying to think what was happening. Is there, in like, a, yeah, is there like a Pixar or a Disney movie that came out that year that got a game? Like Toy Story? Two, no, that's too early, too late for Toy Story Two. Yeah, Toy Story. Well, is there a Toy Story game on there? Mm, not what on about this like, list. Uh, Incredibles. That no. is correct. Is that, oh, Incredibles. Incredibles. Yeah, Incredibles at Incredibles the number seventeen slot. Yep. God damn, that's almost 20 yeah, years old. Yeah, there's like 18 years between those movies. It was oh a long God. time. Yeah. And that is CMI with MPD for the year 2004. Join us two weeks from now for the 2005 list. I have uh, a fun little piece of trivia here. Ooh. The composer who made the music for Call of Duty Finest Hour and Medal of Honor and the original Call of Duty game is someone who has previously been part of a segment from Adam. I, I think it was a Kevin Bacon type mm -hmm. Six Degrees thing. Do you yeah. have a guess of who that composer might be? Trent Reznor? It was not Trent Reznor. Willie Nelson. Also worked <laughs> no. on, a, on a Pixar movie. Called huh. Up. With some balloons and a dog. Uh, yeah. I don't know who the composer was. I can't. Oh, Giacchino. Yes. Giacchino. Yes, Michael Giacchino. Oh, that's yeah, right. that's he did, right. He did do a lot of video game stuff in the early days. Yeah. 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 That's the thing, right? Is he was like, he got his start in video game music and then he was able to use that to like springboard into like actual, like super big movie releases. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the guys at Pixar are like, God, you know who would be great on this? Whoever did the music for Call of Duty Finest Hour on PlayStation <laughs> right. 2. Fuck right. yeah. Well, I want to say. <laughs> I might be completely off base about this, but I want to say that like Spielberg was like a connective like factor in getting him into movies. Cause like he worked on medal of honor, which obviously was started by Steven Spielberg. And so I want to say that he helped get him in there, but I don't know that for certain. Now I'm curious when, when did up come out the Pixar 2009. Oh yeah. So I wonder he was, yeah, May 29, 2009. Lost came out in 2004, and he did all the music for Lost, so I'm sure that played a role in... No, mm. it, was definitely, it was definitely Medal of Honor. You're right, it was definitely Medal of Honor. <laughs> well, that's it for Game On Game Show, and that is it for episode 327 of Respawn Aim Fire. If you're listening right now, if you're watching right now, guess what? You have homework. Your homework is go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire. You get to uh, listen to exclusive episodes of RAF game shows. The one up right now for the month of October for patrons is uh, RAF Pretty with the comedy button and folks and Jerica Hanna from JK Games. There is uh, a lot of fun going on in that one. Go listen to that. If you're also there in about a week from now, we will be putting up our mo our Barf poll for the months of probably November, December, where traditionally we've done a, hey, what games would you like to make sure that we finish 
for game of the year discussion. Um, there is a lot <laughs> out there for me right now. I know that usually we do this and I assume we'll do this again. We've not talked about it where we'll each have a poll of, of four things that we would like to play. And then the audience chooses one that we definitely make sure that we play. So you'll get to vote on that and you have a much higher weighted vote on patreon.com slash respawning fire versus your measly little weenie vote over on Twitter. Um, so definitely go there. And of course you get dope wallpapers for all your devices that have been there forever. And there's a bunch of them and they're really cool too. Um, speaking of barf games, backlog accomplishment, the respawn and friends, the game for the month of October is spooky dark pictures, anthology, little hope out there. Witchy. <laughs> Flying through the air, sticks and brooms, uh, all of that. Yeah. I assume I have not played the game, so maybe there's no brooms, maybe there's no sticks, maybe you're not in the air. But I have played Switchback VR, and there are people being burned in that one, so maybe people burn in this one. I don't know. Oh no. Um. So yeah, go play that if you would like to be on the show and talk about your thoughts on this one. Let us know. We would love to have more guests on the show talking about shit. If you are shy and you don't want to be on the show, but you still want us to know your thoughts, write them in. Respondingfire at gmail.com or just DM us on Twitter. That's it. That's all I want to say. Alex, where can folks find you uh, if they want to follow you and all of your antics? Uh, they can find me over on Twitter at Alex Kazina, A-L-E-X-K-O-Z-I-N-A. Adam, where can folks find you if they want to follow all your antics? Ah, follow me on X at Adam Gumby. I'm there. I'll retweet if I'm on another podcast doing something. Talk about my reviews for games. I'm having a good time over there on X. Nice. Oh, that's a and you can follow me name. on xvideos.com slash Chad Mike Ennis. I'm about to Google that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know what pops up. Until next time, here's our usual sign off. You are must be 18 or older to watch this podcast. Click the button if you agree. <laughs>